I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Mark Sean Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> that dugout we got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now fellas 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 and the ladies we are <laughs> back your boys at the farm we got some things to talk about today first off did your boy Woodley take the dive step one I'll tell you what Joe I've never fought in my life when me and you sprawl I still don't think you've caught me that clean boy <laughs> Listen, listen, that boy the, caught him the, clear the, the thing, whistle. Look, you already know that a lot of people think that he took the fall when, okay, listen, all I'm going to say is we have one guy in the office that's a little darker than the rest of us. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to throw that in there. Right. This guy says that he's not, that Woodley's not invited to the cookout. Yeah. I hear the word around town. Uh, right. Uncle Shannon said, you ain't invited no more, son. Yeah. You ain't coming around. So, um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say. Again, I've done a I've done a little bit of fighting, not not a ton, you know what I'm saying. Still, definitely amateur status. Yeah. But that little tuck of the glove, you got mm -hmm. a little little right hand tuck of the glove that he did before you know homeboys got yep. popped. Yeah. It's a little suspicious. Yeah. And also too, he threw this big haymaker, and I get it, he faked to the body, but you don't block body body shots by well, dropping your whole arm like that. That here's you people what, don't do that. Here's what I'd not ask a, you. Not a trained fighter. Here's what I'd ask you because you've you sparred and you've yeah done a duration of fight what was it like the eighth round mm -hmm. seventh eighth ninth round like could it have been a fatigue thing yeah i mean you start getting tired you start dropping your hands when you get tired but like the defense to that like if someone's gonna hit me in the body like i tuck everything like yeah. I, I i put my whole body down my chin goes down everything's protected and 100%. when i bring my elbows down i don't just Garth, do, i don't just you do kick this. me every day in the office i know how to yeah i, I don't, know what you're talking about i don't about. just do i don't just do this right i mean he literally completely dropped and also too for a light fake jab to the stomach to take an overhand right yeah yeah i don't know i'm just saying all right anyways uh one of the things um chaz i hope you listened to the last episode <laughs> all right or two episodes ago. Now I think when this one gets uh, actually put yeah. in there. I know we've been putting out content. Don't worry. It's just what we do. So what um, we do, baby. Um, so, you know, nothing new around the farm. You know, nothing <laughs> exciting that the public yeah. can know. Um, but um, quite a few uh, boys running in and out of the facility, right? There's there's some guys we're getting in now for uh, training. Yep. I think it would be a, uh interesting piece for you, uh, Code, to maybe uh, start talking about, now that you're, we got your mic working, yeah. right, that you can kind of give us your insight now that we're starting to pick on uh, more clients and you're starting to put some of these things that you've been learning over the last year into action. Mm. What, are your, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so we'll, we'll show my face too. There he is. Actually. There he is. Uh, we we got to get him a block for the computer so it sits higher, huh? 100%. Like a little kid. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're just bit. picking on Cody yeah. today. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That's what we're here for. Uh, uh, no, the really the the big thing that I've noticed is um, how receptive everyone's been. It's been really cool. The group of guys that we've had in, uh, they really want to listen and learn, and they've been really receptive to um, how different we kind of do things and how we train. Um, so that's been cool. It's been a lot easier than someone coming in here and you know fighting. So we've got a good group of guys coming in here so far. Um, 
and then two, uh, a lot of pushers, a lot, a lot of pushers. Mm-hmm. And so, it's common, um, common. Yeah, so kind of attacking that. What do you, what do you mean? What do you break that down for people of like pushers? And also too, you have, you have the, uh, you had something that, uh, Bo and I, and 99% of America doesn't have, which is access to a force plate mm-hmm. that you can just move back and forth and yeah. see stuff too. So. Yeah, so we, we've been throwing people on the force plate for about five to ten swings when they get in, and so they're not using it the whole session, um, but even just the, the five to ten swings, um, looking at the horizontal force, and so pushing is um, like when you look at the farm boards, you'll see the farm board go back behind, or you'll see like a hip shift, or you'll noticeably see uh, their direction like going towards the pitcher uh, when they're in the box, and so a lot of kids uh, like to push. Um, they'll get into their, their back foots, toe really early a lot of them have even turned their foot inward and like actually tried to get onto their toe Mm -hmm. and then um with that a lot of them they push forward they leak their front hip open really bad so their directions all go into left field uh and so uh, really getting them comfortable with uh feeling their pressure in their heel of their back foot um trying to stay out of that toe so early uh, with their back foot um getting into more of a hinge and then um and then, yeah, and just naturally moving more reciprocally, which we talk about quite a bit, um, which is a little bit different for a lot of these kids. They're not they're not really used to that that feeling of moving reciprocal. They like to, to push out of the ground. Um, but with that, too, um, they're giving up the ground really early with their back foot um, with that, too. So uh, working on holding the ground, staying anchored longer with that back foot. Um, and with that, too, uh, they're able to stay in that hinge longer, hold that posture longer, too. So. Um, and really all of them have been doing very similar things, which I know, uh, all of them come from a similar program too, and being out in Vegas together. So, um, I'm sure they've learned a lot of similar things over the years, but, um, that's really what I've noticed so far. It's only been what, two weeks now? Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So, uh, seen everyone about twice. Um, and so staying pretty foundational with that. Um, and a lot of talent too realistically yeah, yeah. Mm. a couple for the uh for the people listening in code um i wanted to ask you something too even before you mentioned um about um, the, the before, individual players before we get before we get into that um, i was going to say let's take a step back before we even talk about um what it looks like to train players you said it's different here mm. it's a little bit different than a lot of people yeah. have, have experienced before why don't you open up a little bit about what you mean kind of maybe paint the picture for the people that are wondering what you know What's different? Yeah, so for starters, uh, we have a force plate, <laughs> which is different. Not a lot of people have access to that. Uh, we also have swing catalysts, four different camera angles. So we have one up at, like on top, kind of like a bird's eye view. Um, we have one that is behind, one that's open, and one that's uh, close to us. So from uh, behind us, like at our back, uh, one that's... I lied, like I lied to you. Can you turn the mic back up? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to get this audio figured out. It was just buzzing really it loud was. in my ears. Um, better? Yeah. But yeah, so we have four camera angles, uh, which is pretty cool to be able to take a recording of those four camera angles, uh, go back and show them from uh, different angles so they can really see what we're seeing too and uh, communicate that, um, which is a big part of um, training, uh, in my opinion, is how it's being communicated to them and helping them understand what we're seeing too. Uh, so that's first things first. That's, that's real different. And then second to everyone that's come in here, uh, right off the jump, the first session, kind of kind of letting them, hey, go get loose, go get warm, go through your routine. 
And a lot of people don't really have a routine uh, to get ready to hit. They just kind of step in the cage and go hit. And, and uh, uh, this, like all to go this all sounds exactly how what I did when I was in high school. Yeah. So turn my back foot in, yep. turn my back foot in, cheat to pull side, you know, a little pop in the air with some bad direction. But at the end of the day, how I hit, I had no routine. I swung a couple times, got yeah, in the box, and then, and then hit. you probably sit there and wondered why you sucked. No, yeah, no. I mean, and no, I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying you in no, general. No, no. I'm people saying people that prepare that way. No, yeah. no. And I'm saying yeah. like just all around, like because I was the same way. It's not. That's not like when you when you go into hit like. That's what how you've been trained mm -hmm. your whole life. Like you have that routine because that's what your coaches do. Mm -hmm. You get to the facility. You guys get 15 swings. Yep. 40 swings if you're in a batting cage or something. Right, a couple rounds, like a couple rounds of you know six or whatever. Yep. Right, and you go in, you get your couple swings. You there is no prep work because you guys rented a cage for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Two cages rent for an hour. Yep. And it we're gonna go hit, and mm -hmm. I got forty guys that I have to coach, and I don't they don't have programs, and I don't even know what that is because I'm coaching how I was coached. Yep. And we didn't do that. So it's just like going through, which is like, again, to, to, to get, to be fair to some of these kids, it's like, they don't know any better. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying like, also too, what hitting facility are you going to go in the nation where you're going to have your own program and also go, they're going to teach you prep work and do all those other things. Okay. I'm not saying that there isn't any out there, but how many is there? Yeah. Right. Like how common is that still? Yeah. Like it's not, For sure. it's not very common. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are niched in, in the space that are saying everybody's doing that, but you got to think general public, no, how, general how public, general dads yeah. and parents and casual baseball, yeah, players, club ball, like club ball coaches, prep work, prep work. Yeah. No, they, prep work. They, yeah you got to get off hitting Twitter. Yeah. Most people, most people have no idea. You need to go hang out with Jeff Fry Twitter a little bit more. hundred percent. A little Jeff Fry Twitter and you, you know, a little bit more Jeff Fry Twitter. You realize where the Ch majority of hitters choke hitters up are. on the bat, scoot a little bit off the plate and mm -hmm. let's go hit. Yeah, or scoot on standing right on top of the plate right so I can squish the, the bug and spin on everything. But. Yep. Yeah, and, and with that too, uh, that also kind of uh, leads back to like a deeper, deeper conversation. But then the mindset's just, hey, work harder. And now you're like, yep. you know, you're doing all this. You don't know any better. Um, then you just go put more time, more swings in because you're struggling, can't figure it out, or you're not as consistent. Um, and now you're just going and working harder and harder, but not on the correct things. Yeah. Um, then you're digging yourself in a hole a little bit. And so, oh, uh, it's just, you know, I'm not saying hard work's bad, but you know, when you're sitting there working hard and all the wrong things, um, you know, and kind of dig yourself in a hole too. So, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's nothing, nothing's worse than, again, I was a Mr. Hard worker. So I was Mr. Hard worker, worked 12 hours, half of those hours I'm working against myself, working in the wrong direction and working on things that weren't really the problem. Yeah. It's Band-Aid stuff. So that's a whole nother thing as well is like, that's why it's like, to me, it's like, it's really rough when I'm working with a lot of these hitters, like, okay, how I feel. And I've explained this to you, Bo, is like a lot of times I feel like I'm sitting here with like a million bucks in my pocket and like this guy's fighting for crumbs mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's, it, it's like, feels like lava inside of me not to say yeah. something to you or help, right. you know, like that's why I have to be very cautious of who I give my time to because I'll, you know, I go over every time. Like I, I immediately mm -hmm. want to give them like, I want to, yeah. I want to 
give them everything. I want to, I want to share everything and get them to where they, you know, like, and, yeah. and tell them all the things that they're doing. And like, it's even harder. I was working with a hitter, uh, yesterday and it's, it's hard for me not to want to give them more where it's like, again, I, that's not how I learned where it wasn't, I learned more digestible. Right. But then when I'm looking at them, it's like, it's all one piece. It's like, I want to give you all these things that you're not doing or how, why you're having all these problems that you're having because too often, I mean, and this is like at the highest levels of baseball, you're, you're, and I'm going to, again, this is a camera moment, me and you. Okay. We're going to lock in. All right. Nine out of the 10 things you're working on are symptoms. They're not even things that you need to, they're not even things that are going to make you a better hitter. You're going to fix the Band-Aid, the compensation that was helping you hit better because you were there was a main issue that was wrong. You're going to fix that. You're going to hit worse. And then you're going to create another Band-Aid to fix the Band-Aid that you just ripped off. And you're wasting your time. Yep. And I, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're, that's, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And that was true for me. It's yep. true for half, you know, if not almost all the, the guys that we have worked with the first time until they start figuring out what the real issues are. And again, like, Okay, I mean, and again, I'm going to call myself out here where I'm, I want to say it's purely objective, but I got a lot more again. Like if you are, if we're going to go into major surgery here, we talked about this at NFCA, if we're going to go into major surgery here. I'm going to show you a data video and also the best of our knowledge of how we can explain what's going on with you and why we want to fix what we're fixing. And then someone's like, well, yeah, that's also subjective. Yes, but it's a lot less subjective than you having no data, no cameras, no, you know, no experience with these, these certain things, no background on anatomy, no background in skill acquisition, no background in kinesiology, no background. And then, yeah. So that's why I like, um, once I, I, I love that guy, uh, Steve Johnson, the mm-hmm. late kick nation guy. Yeah. I love him, but he always, he always, uh, exaggerates when he says, we're all guessing. I agree. Mm-hmm. But your guess just happens to be not as good as some other people's guesses. Some people's guesses yeah. are better. Not to say that Steve. Steve's actually a pretty good coach. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that some people's guesses are, yeah. tend to be more accurate than other people's guesses. And you have more resources of why that tends to be. So, yes, we're all guessing. But at the same time, I okay, if, you know what? My chest is killing me. And mm-hmm. so does my, my left arm also hurts right now. And also, too, I just fell on the ground. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go into the doctor. Okay. Now, could have a heart attack. Could have been a stroke. Yep. Could have been all these other things, right? Bo, you're going to make a guess, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to make a guess. Cody's going to make a guess, right? Jarrell's going to make a guess, right? I'm going to make a guess, right? Okay. The doctor's going to come in, go to the hospital. He's going to hear all your symptoms. He's going to run you through tests. He's going to put an EKG on you. He's going he's gonna to come in there. He might, again, he might even need to have surgery and put a camera inside you to see what's going on inside there. Maybe you had a blood clot. Maybe you had whatever this may be, right? Am I mimicking a heart, heart attack? Is it? I, you know, yeah. I don't know, right? Yeah. It, was it heartburn? I know some people that think they had a heart attack and it's, and it's heartburn, yeah. right? Okay. And they do all these things, right? And maybe, and even if it is a heart attack, how are you going to fix it? Why did you have a heart attack in the first place? Right? Yeah. So then you got all of that, but mm-hmm. we all guessed, right? We Edu- all made an educated, educated guess. We all made an educated guess. Some of us were just a little bit more educated. Yeah. Some of us were a little bit more educated. Right? I think it's, um, I think it's almost a bigger conversation because I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's so many hitting coaches 
there's not like a like a standard. Like mm. you need to graduate from here. Yeah. You need this knowledge. There's not like a baseline yeah. level that now I'm yeah. a hitting coach. So yeah. a doctor, obviously, you got to go to med school. Yeah. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, not devil's advocate, but like there's so many hitting coaches mm. now that are like, this is my subjective opinion. This is my subjective opinion. Like, no, like there's yeah. there. And I don't know what that answer is. But yeah. I feel like a lot of the pushback is because there's so many just self-proclaimed guys that yeah, and I think have the other the, I think the other problem with that as well is then you also go into the game is definitely the test yeah no doubt for sure the problem is is I can be a hitting coach just has a really good network and I get the best athletes and my guys hit and then everybody now takes my information and thinks that I'm the best hitting coach yeah when in reality I just work with the best athletes for right sure. Mike Easler and I actually talked about this yesterday. Mike Easler was a hitman back in the day. Again, played in the big leagues. We talked about him pretty often, but he was on the podcast, what, like our second episode or yeah, something like on. that? Yep. Early on, right? And so uh, I remember with him, side note, I thought we, remember when we got done and we thought we didn't record the whole podcast and we had a heart attack for a half a second? Yeah, um, for the first like 10. Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> so, um, but one of the things that we talked about with Mike, and Mike used to always tell me this as a hitting coach, anybody can get your best hitters a hit. Yeah. Right? A crap hitting coach can get your your best guys to hit. Don't get me wrong. They might not hit as well, yeah. right? You could mess them up a little bit. But also, too, like, you could take, like, Mike Trout, do some other things. Maybe his numbers drop where he only hits 290 and, yeah. you know, only hits 20 jacks this year. Right. But he's still a pretty good hitter, you know, in still the league, Mike right? Trout. He's still yeah. Mike Trout, right? Where, um, again, and if you screw him up, then you got, you're, like, a really bad hitting yeah. coach, right? For sure. But... The real hitting coach is made. Can you get the seven, eight, nine guy to hit? Can you get your bench guy to hit? Yeah, that's where the hitting coach really comes in, right? For sure. And again, obviously, you're managing personalities through all of that, right? Like, um, you have to, you know, manage the ups and downs of your best hitters. Like, and and I and I get with that, like too. Like, there's some guys that are really talented, and what I mean by hitters, I don't mean just like purely talented, like can hit. Yeah. Right. That consistently hit for a higher average, anyways. Yeah. Right. It's not a guy that's like, oh, dude. This is one of my best hitters. Again, it's like that thing. If he's your best hitter, why can't he hit? Mm -hmm. Right? I don't. If you just think his swing is aesthetically pleasing or it's it's pretty, that's different. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between talent and he's in batting practice hitting jacks and he has all this bat speed and all these other things and say, oh yeah, but like, but why doesn't he hit? Yeah. Why can't he hit? Yeah. Right. And then so I think that that's like the other piece is being super mindful of that as a, as a coach. Is that again, you gotta ask yourself that real question. If I think he's a good hitter, why can't he hit? Yeah. And that sounds very surface level. Well, he doesn't have baseball IQ. Oh, well, he chases pitches out of the zone. Well, he does these other things. And I'm like, again, and that's where I get and you guys more obviously understand like where I'm going with this, is that again, when you start getting in back into it and really good hitters. And again, it could be a thought, could be emotion. They could be on the wrong team. They're, they're in a bad place mentally, whatever. Yeah. But what it comes back down to is they're not moving well for whatever reason. Yeah. It could be a girlfriend loss. It could be because they're, you know, again, they got an injury. It could be uh, because they're tired because of the yeah. season. It could be, it could be because their, their approach, approach is terrible. Bad matchup. Yeah. Bad matchup. It could, it, hurts, it, could, it could be all these snowing. things, yeah. but Anything. again, cool, but. All of those things affect how I'm moving. 100%. How I'm moving. 
Yep. If I'm, and at the end of the day, if I look at that, my job as a hitting coach is to get you to move better. Yeah. So, and to me, there could be all these factors yep. that could change how I'm moving, but it still comes back to how I'm moving, how, and then your job as a coach is getting you to move better. Yeah. Right. So if that is, I, if I have to help you mentally, if I had to help you with your approach, if I have to tell, if I had to help you with these other things and they change how you move, yep. well, then you changed how we moved. Yep. So when guys battle back, when guys battle back, uh, coaches and they're like, yeah, there's more to hitting than the guys swing. Okay. Well then why are you teaching him about his approach? Yeah. And coach, yeah, the approach you're teaching him isn't producing any more results. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you need to reevaluate either one, how you're teaching and approach or the, slip, the, the, the slippery slope though is the the slippery slope with most coaches that go that route and they, is, is they're going to go well if he wasn't using this approach he would hit worse right you get what i'm saying how they would go that route and say well if he wasn't using this approach he would hit worse mm -hmm. and then i also too don't want him like for example yeah a, a lot of these coaches like look and I'm, I'm saying a lot of these coaches because i've been victim of this yeah right like and victim of this meaning like it was my damn fault all right, yep. let's, let's, let's let the ownership on the victim side is that I would take it as, again, a lot of times, again, when I would give thing, if it's an approach, if it's whatever, it's any type of coaching, right? And I give it to 10 people and it only works for four. If it only works for four, then I would assume, okay, well, let's say three of these guys or whatever, right? And if I had any awareness, let's say three of these guys, I would say, okay, it worked for four. We got six guys that it's not working for. So three of these guys, I would say, well, you know, they're not dedicated. They don't want to listen. They can't, they don't have any buy-in. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next week, oh, well, two of them, there's terrible athletes. They can't do the, you know, I can't get them to do the moves that I want them to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the last guy is, um, he's trying, he's working hard. He's almost there. Yeah. You know, he'll be there whenever. Right. Okay. So. First off, ownership here. Oh, you know, they're not dedicated. They don't want to listen, blah, 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 blah. That's your job as a coach. Yeah. Somebody, I used to challenge myself with this. Somebody, somewhere could get that guy to perform. Yep. Somebody somewhere. Yep. It might not be you, but another coach could get that guy to perform. Yep. And if, if he could find a way to get him to perform, so can I. Yep. Right? And then... The other guys is, okay, These those other dudes that are saying, okay, they're just not athletic enough, blah, blah, blah. That's your job as a coach. Yeah. That's yeah. your job as a coach. So you need to get them more physical assets, right? And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're going to make the dude Mike Trout. But yeah. if he can't compete at a high school level, even like lower level college level. I'd say college. If he's good enough to go to college as an athlete, yeah. he should be able. I mean, he should be able to hit at that level. He should be able to compete. Yeah, I'm and, not and, saying and, hit, I'm, not, and I'm not saying. Yeah, and also too, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying he should be in there batting three thirty, right? But what I am saying with that is that if you're saying that, like, dude, this guy can't hit his body weight. Mm -hmm. First off, why'd I recruit him? Yep. <clears throat> is that that that's on me as a coach, it's right? Telling, if he doesn't yeah. deserve to be at that level, that's on me. That's a lot One. of yeah. Lack second thing on top of that, second thing on top of that, okay, a lot of times the guy, when he'll say, well, I didn't get to see him enough and I recruited without going to see him play, da, 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 da. Okay, well, then I'm also going to challenge you with as well is as you're evaluating, do you actually know what movements play and which ones don't? Because I didn't. Mm -hmm. I did it until I understood the, the movements more. I thought I did, yep. but I didn't. So I thought that this type of move, because, you know, again, the guy hits a double, I can watch a guy hit a homer and say, that doesn't play. 
Yeah. Well, and also, and, and I, w- I couldn't be able to do that before. Also, Joe, what, and I have a more eye for the move, but what mm-hmm. made me a pretty good recruiter, I didn't, I didn't need to go see them facing good velo, good competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you understand the move and you just see them play the game, like you could go mm-hmm. watch them practice. Yeah. You and could I, go watch them in a gate session. And, I, and, 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 and don't hear what I'm not saying there. Yeah. What I am saying is that understanding and being able to visualize the move, it makes your job way easier on a team setting. Like, mm-hmm. Recruiting less, you can see video. I mean, it's game changer. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I want to paint this paint this picture too of being like, when Bo says move, he doesn't mean that there's this one swing yeah. that creates and all the other ones don't. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that, and this is coming too. I just had this conversation with a. I've had this conversation with some legendary hitting coaches. Okay. Legendary bow. I know. Legend and legendary. Legend. Both. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you got me on that one. Is that is that there is there is things that absolutely need to happen in the swing. For sure. There is principles in every swing that need to happen for me to be able to create force. Hmm. Right? For example, let's take one. I don't care. I don't care who you are as a hitter. Okay. If I want to hit at a high level, I got to create good ground forces. It's one. I have to create good ground forces. I don't care how you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just in principles, right. As a human, like I need to be able to create force. Right. Now don't get me wrong. There's other ways to create force. Again, I don't need to be on the ground to create any force. We talk about that, but to be able to hit at the highest levels, Mm -hmm. right. Or even at a generally high level, I do need to be no, I do need to create higher levels of ground force. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now with that, am I saying that, um, you can, um, meaning with this, it doesn't mean that, uh, it doesn't mean that if you create just lower uh, levels of ground force that you can't make contact and compete and yeah. those other things. What I'm saying here within clarity to, you know, add some context to what I'm saying is that it's an absolute that every hitter in the world uses some form of ground force to yeah. create force. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute. Yeah. Okay. I stay away from certain absolutes because a lot of things aren't absolutes. Yeah. There's very few things that, you know, you can actually point to and say, okay, these things are absolutes. But also another thing is just understanding that when you understand movement better and, and, and more, and again, this isn't, you know why people say, oh no, I've been looking in the movement, I've been doing this, I've been doing all this. Okay, but this is the thing. There isn't a book. No. There isn't a book. There isn't a single course. There isn't a this or that where, again, I can immediately go, is he doing this or is he not doing this? Look, if, if it was that simple, mm-hmm. if it was that simple, first off, we would write the book. Yep. Right? For sure. And we would have made a course, mm-hmm. right? And we've made courses and we've made reading material. But- mm-hmm. You're not going to get all that from one thing. Again, I no. can't uh, read, right? I can't read about working out yeah, and get can't, jacked. Can't read about doing push-ups. Yeah, it's all of it. It's all of it together where like I do have to, there's the experience and also training your eye to be able to see these things. And also, okay, now once I see them, can I actually develop them? These are a lot of skills we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. This is why when we talk about with the courses and why there's curriculum into uh, your profession, think about your profession, right? So you're a coach, right? Think about all the skill sets that you have to have to be a really good coach. Is it one skill set? No, it's a lot of skill sets, right? And could you teach somebody everything you know in one course or one book? 
No. Absolutely not. You shouldn't unless you don't know shit. Unless you don't know much. Yeah, if you don't know much, then fine. Okay? But taking that in is that, look, like, you know how to, again, like, maybe it's, again, getting a whole bunch of different guys to produce, which is, like, managing these personalities and, like, and then yeah. also, too, if you're a head coach, know how to pol- play the, pol- you know, the politic politics game. Yep. Right. And know how to, again, work with the administration. And, and also if you're at a really big school, right. Like, you know, you get public appearances and you have, you know, the uh, public relations stuff and you, you got a yep. whole bunch of things that a lot of coaches don't have to deal with. And then also too, you might have all these constraints of budget limitations and uh, recruiting limitations and training, uh, training limitations. And like, depending if you're in NCAA and like, you know, unless you're in the wild, wild west, like NEIA or junior college. Yep. Right. And you have less restrictions in a lot of ways. And then also too, with that, because there is less restrictions and stuff with, re- with recruiting, uh, like any, or like a JUCO or something like that. And since there's less res- restrictions, it also the Wild Wild West is also another constraint because yeah. now I'm competing against guys can do all kinds of things to recruit guys, right? I don't have certain windows. Certain guys like they're they have a bigger um, budget than I do to go recruit, and I got to find ways to compete, right? There's all these other things, but bringing that back in is just that it's so important within all of that that <clears throat> when we're talking about these things uh, within human movement is that baseball is so behind. Yeah. Not 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 compared to other sports and all these other things. Okay, look. Yes, is there other sports that might have certain edges on us or this or that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball is just really complex. Yeah. Well, and to your point, I want to add on where you're saying it's behind. I've been fielding a lot of these phone calls as you mentioning with training mm-hmm. and I've had conversations with parents, coaches, and players. And part of where the game is at is these players are so hungry for information. I've had talked with probably six high school coaches, uh, not just from here. This is nationally. Mm-hmm. And this is within the last probably 10 days that have said, my players are going to hit everywhere else because I don't have enough information for them. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing when you're saying the game's behind is the people that should be educating and leading aren't. Mm-hmm. And not, not everybody. But coaches aren't taking the responsibility to learn and get better. The players are almost bypassing them, I feel mm-hmm. like, in a lot of ways. Because no, there's, that's a good point. there's more information. They're eager to learn. They're, it's in their face. They're more on social media. And yeah. I'm not, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's, it's not either side's wrong. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the players are leapfrogging a lot of the coaches. Yeah. And no, and I think that's a good point because you also, what you got with that is that you have kind of like, and if you haven't read The, the Beginner's Mind, it's a good, mm-hmm. a good book. A good um, but the beginner's mind is also to you. You have a generation of people that are growing up with this technology, with these resources, with Amazon, with, yeah. you know, again, where I can go order a book on Amazon and it'd be here in two days. And I could search again, for example, like I just did this the other night. I looked up a book on um, like biotensegrity, right? Mm-hmm. I got like every book on biotensegrity pops up on Amazon. Like think about if you went to a, a bookstore down the street from your house and I was looking for a book that said biotensegrity and told me the science on it. Like, Yep. And also I can get it for 20 bucks and it'll be here in two days. Mm. Come on. What are we talking about? Yep. Right? Like that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is now that is possible and they're used to utilizing these resources and you're not used to utilizing these resources. You have, again, you didn't grow up. It's like, it's not that you couldn't do it. You're just not, that's not in the culture where like you grew up thinking like, oh yeah, I'll just get that on Amazon. Like, yeah. oh, okay. And don't be wrong. You're not separate from that culture. I know that you still, majority of people are listening to this podcast, order things on Amazon. For sure. But your first instinct isn't like, oh, I want to learn about that. Let me go order that on Amazon. Yeah. For the majority. For Some the of majority. you are. Good for you. Pat you on the back. I'm going to come, you know, a little ass tap. I know you guys yeah. like that. Right? Okay. Pat on the back. Good for you. Right? If you are. But majority yeah. 
are not. They're not. Right? And on the other end of that, of being like, okay, now, also, if I don't know something and somebody knows a piece, even if I think they're wrong about so many things, I'm willing to... A, a player doesn't care. They don't it, it, like. It's not about their ego. About like, oh, I'm I'm a coach, and I don't want to show that um, I don't know this. So I'm not willing to reach out to that guy, right? Or to do these other things. The, the players like, dude, like I'm just trying to play. I need the information. I could care. Mm. Oh yeah, I could care less if I've been I playing the for ten years, twenty years, coach coaching for fifty years. They they don't have that limitation in their yeah. head. It's just like. I just want the information. I, I, there's there, that ego thing that I've built over time as a coach and saying like, I don't want to go reach out for these other things. And also too, I've been just so busy recruiting that I don't have time to learn these other things. Like they don't have those limitations, right? They're not even in those constraints. They're not, they weren't raised that way, all these other things. So then you create this thing where there's been this boom, not only in technology and culture, but also uh, tradition within baseball has been like disrupted it has which it's needed to get disrupted there's beauty in the in the tradition okay there's things that we need to hold on to there's also a whole bunch of things that don't serve us anymore we need to move on yeah we need to move on For right sure. both there's things we need to hold on to and there's things that we need to move on from yeah right well and you hear it you hear it it's it's a direct manifestation even at the highest level people are saying pitchers are getting better starting to throw harder people are more athletic all of a sudden there's just a new human species that was born in the last 20 years. No people mm -hmm. and coaches are learning how to train ball players and train better athletes. People that use the information are getting better results. Mm -hmm. It's not that humans in the last 15 years have all of a sudden just been better than forever before. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. No. And that's a good and point. Like you see it on TV. You hear it all the time. Yeah. You're learning, you're learning. Yeah. The conversations. And again, it, there's more information than ever and there's less truth. Okay. So yeah. again, but that's, that's, that's great. You have access to more information than you ever have, but also too, like you have to weed through the truth and, and, and that's okay. Right. Like for example, back in the day, and I don't know why people think it's like a, like a new problem, right? Every generation, there's more information than there was in the last generation. Cause there's a whole nother generation that created material. Yeah. Right. So evolution. It, yeah, it just, it just happens where like there's more books that were written. There was more podcasts that are gone. There was more radio. There was more TV. There was more streaming platforms. There was more, all these things more built reach. on top of each other. Right. Yeah. So with that, like, okay, now as I'm going into those things, like, it's just like back in the day, if I was to had access to a library and I walk in, then there's a billion books in that, that library. Mm -hmm. Well, is just cause it's written in a book. It's accurate. No, it's just a lot of information. So yep. I still need to filter those books and figure out what's good information. And also too, like what's uh, accurate in this? What's, you know, I got to read more and other philosophers or other um, different camps. Like for uh, people like think of that, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, one of the points I wanted to touch to was like, there's this um, standardization, right? Like for like, a, you know, obviously you go yeah. to like a doctor, right? I'm going to go take a test, right? You know how many doctors disagree with each other? Damn near everyone. Probably. Every one of them, right? Yeah. Like, like, like there's some standard things that they agree on. And okay. And we're going to do within a test. Right. But then there's a, a hand specialist, knee specialist, oh. ankle specialist, you know, like, you know, you know, obviously you're, you got your orthopedics, you got, you got your, your general physicians, you have, you know, your eye, your eye doctors, you got all these other guys, right? Like they, they, they all specialize in certain areas and also have different perspectives on how they would go about fixing an issue. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's really important again, again, even with that, it's like, okay, like, all right, even if we standardize, you know, something across the board, right is that at the end of the day, like some doctors are just going to be better than other doctors. Well, and that will always be the, and the to case. your point too, what do doctors do? When they open something up, what do they call it? It's a practice practice mm. because you're practicing. Yeah. It's something you do every single day. Mm. Yeah. Of course you've made it. You have this thing that calls you a doctor, but they don't say 
arrived. I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's a practice continually so, and, and some continual education. And th- and that's great if I keep that uh, mindset. There's a, for example, there's uh, PTs out there that mm-hmm. are doctors. Yeah. Right. But they've stopped their education. As soon as they got out of college, they stopped educating themselves and they're still teaching things yeah. and putting things out that when they were in school, were already outdated and were two decades or a decade behind. Mm. Right. And then got out of school, started practicing and then they're working with this, uh, they're working with these people where I just kept that same philosophy and just kept going. And I never, again, didn't get around other mentors and get around people that challenged me. I immediately went into this field where it was just older people that didn't have balance and, yeah. uh, you know, fall and broken their hip. And then I'm just do the same thing over and over and over again. And now yeah, I've come, I've, I've, I've gotten this across this finish line of I'm educated and I, I've yeah. been doing this for 10 years. Right. Um, and our edge, like, for example, like, you know, again, our understanding of like, you know, like the fascial system has exploded in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, a decade ago, the fascial system was like this extra tissue that we just cut through. And like, we didn't care about yep. it. Didn't, it didn't really do much. Like, again, there was like leading innovators at the time that were like into it. But like in the last decade, it came more practical. Yeah. And like we, and again, the last five years, it's been crazy exploding when it comes also when it comes specifically to performance. Mm-hmm. Right. And not, it's not the first five years were all like fascial release stuff. Yeah. Fascial release, like let's get this moving well, Relief. and you know, like we weren't thinking about anything with like really when it came to like to force production and yeah. perfor- and performance and transmission and any other other things that are the musical, the amazing things that fasc- uh, the the fascial system can do. And so that's where it's like important. Where like again, imagine in the last decade if you haven't been learning and following along mm. and and practicing and taking no, in these new in these new concepts. In a way, in a way, that's why I, we always talk about that, Joe, the polarity. It, with tensegrity too it's probably an uncomfortable position for a lot of those coaches like imagine that kind of insecurity that they're unaware of that mm. like because they know they can look around and know i'm behind i mean mm. hell we're in it and half the time i mm. still feel like i'm behind mm. like that mindset of a 40 50 hell even 30 year old mm. that's like how far this has came and for me to sit here and be like I do feel behind. I'd, mm. I'd probably be insecure as hell without even knowing. Well, and I think this is the big piece with that though, right? Like I actually, I don't know if I told you this, Bo, but, um, my, um, my girlfriend's dad is a, uh, a psychologist from Stanford. Oh, cool. So he's, he's very educated. Like he, yeah. we, we had some really in-depth conversations this weekend. And so one of the things that we kind of talked about is like people get stuck in the stage and I, and it happened to me this week when I was like, he made me aware of certain things. And then usually what follows, okay. So you've, what happens is, is our, our ego, the psyche, right on that side. And now we're just like, he's like, Bo's like, yeah, we there walk, we go, baby. We're walking into my stuff. Now we're going, we're walking into my stuff. But like, yeah, like as we walk in, right. Like the, the ego likes to hold on to like comfort. Right. Yep. Um, it, 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 and it likes to hold on to, um, it likes stability. It likes to protect itself. Yeah, protect itself, right? It, yep. It's to survive at all costs. 100%. Right? And so, again, it definitely can go into some of the spiritual stuff of, like, the differences. But the the big piece that I wanted to touch on here is that, okay, so what what happens is a lot of people, again, they get to this stage where they don't know what they don't know, right? Which we talk about, like, you don't, uh, it's like that the four stages, right, of, like, when you're learning things, right, where it's, like, unconscious incompetence, right? Like, I don't know that I suck. I don't know what I don't know, Yeah. right? Then you get to the next stage, right, and you're like, okay, conscious incompetence. Like, I know that I don't know or I know that I suck. Yep. Okay? Two. 
people, that's a dark place. It is. If I don't move from that, that place, that's a dark place. That place creates a lot of insecurity. Yeah. Right. Creates a lot of insecurity and also misdirection because I don't know what to do with that info. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm trying to get to the next stage, right. Which is like, okay, I can do it, but I have to, I have to consciously think about it and like be mindful of it. I need to make this change, yeah. right. To break this habit. Right. And so there's that other stage, but the other stage for me, I think where the, the disconnect that people can get with this. And I think is a different perspective change. And if you get stuck here, this is what I think is important because it happened to me this weekend and I had to remind myself to not repeat this pattern of insecurity because what happens is, is a lot of people, you get to this, you get to this uh, place of I'm consciously aware of where um, I'm now consciously aware of where I don't measure up, right? Or where I need to work, yeah, where I need to put right? In work. Where I need to put in some work, right? So the next thing that also, I think this is a different thing of like, again, in my opinion, when you, you change from the spiritual side of the ego, but also like the ego is the separation right? Is that you get into a place where it's like the ego, it's also feeding for the ego to go, go back to where you were, go, go back to where I was. And do you know why? And you know, this, Mm. a lot of times people fall back because we uh, can't remember the phrase you used, but there's delusion in that spot before. Mm hmm. I think I'm really good. And it feels yeah. comfortable because, boy, mm-hmm. like I show up and I have no idea where I'm weak. I'm just really good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm exposed. And now yeah. I need to put the work to build the confidence. Yeah. And this is where we talk about uh, separation from the ego. Mm. It's a bitch mm-hmm. because you're going to want to go back to where you feel good. Yep. But now you're now your soul, yep. however you want to view it, yep. you're having this internal battle. I know I need to go here. Yeah. But it's uncomfortable. The it's ego uncomfortable. saying, "I need to come back over no, here where, back. where we're delusional." Yeah, and now you're yeah. fighting this battle in your head. It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's, a, it's almost like, like a split and, psyche. And and, and 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 get it to this point too. Get it to this point where it's like, "Which wolf do I feed?" Yeah, think of it. And again, you can say soul spiritually, like where you are there, right? Where you're going, like if I want to be one with uh, where I'm going, right? Or you just can say it like that right now, right? Yep. I want to be one with like where I'm going and actually take these steps that way. Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 other wolf's trying to eat. The ego's like, no, 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 <laughs> stay here. We need to be safe. Yeah, we need to be safe. Go eat, be safe. Like, like, you know, like, and also, too, I want to feed me because yep. I want to, the ego wants to feed itself, yep. right? The ego wants to go and eat and feed itself. It doesn't, it doesn't want you to move on. Like, this is how I eat is by you staying in this pattern. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and um, so the other piece with this I think is so important is that you take the other step. And for me is what I have to do is go, no, 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 the, the other side of this. You're right. This is where I come up. This is what I, where I do need to grow. And it isn't for me to solve the problem. I'm just now aware of it, right? Because you can get in the spiral of, oh man, there goes, there goes my, the, the, you know, for like mine, for example, it'd be like, all right, there goes my shame showing its face again. Right. Mm-hmm. There goes my insecurity with this showing its face again. This is where I don't measure up again. This is where I don't do these other things. And you can go in that pattern and now you're aware every time it happens, you're aware, right? Well, the awareness is important. You don't want to, you don't want the awareness to go away. Cause that's, that, that draws attention to it. But can you look at it and go, wow, it does invade a lot of parts of my life. It does do these other things. And it's not for me to solve. Mm-hmm. It's just for me to be aware of. Yeah. 
feel it. And then for me, on the other side is give that back to God yeah. and say, thank you for the gift of making me aware of what I wasn't previously aware of. And I'm also aware how much of it was affecting my life. And also too, I give it now that I'm aware of it, I don't need to solve it because I don't want to identify. I don't want to identify with all the areas that I, I come up short. I want to identify with the process of me growing yeah. and, and where I'm headed and all the beautiful things that are involved in that process, because that is me being again, more one with God, mm. right. And being more, more one with, and again, if you're not the spiritual side, more one with the process. Yeah. Right. Mm. Rather than focused on where I come up short, because that when I identify with my shortcomings, I, I, it's like I told that um, line to Jarrell earlier. It's that old saying of don't let what I can't do get in the way of what I can do. Yeah. Right. Because anywhere. And then for me, that's where my, my surrender comes like living, like the open handed thing is like, okay, well here, God, like you gave this to me in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. You gave me this opportunity. Right. Yeah. So, and then I'll give you guys a perfect example. I want to, I want to connect the dots here for me. Cause this was my story. This happened to me yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit with, very notable like hitter. Pretty, he's a pretty good ball player. Pretty good ball player. Say that. Okay. He's a pretty pretty good ball player. And he's like on my like Mount Rushmore, right? Like a guy that like mm-hmm. this is like my Mount Rushmore, yeah. right? And so I'm going to hit with him and immediately my head I start going into the cycles because I just had spent time with this is where I think the psychologist side you can get bad. Yeah. Is I I'm now aware of certain things I wasn't aware of. You know, yeah. and I'm like, okay. So then I start going in there and go, damn, like, like, how is this going to play out? Right. Like, and do I know like all these things like, what would I actually change with them? Like, what would I do this? What blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm going in this and then I'm going in the spiral, right. Of going in the spiral of, and then as I'm thinking, yeah. I catch myself. Yeah. I'm slipping into this. I'm slipping into that. I'm slipping into this. There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. But then I immediately like, boom cut the cord. Yeah. Right. And so what I did was turn back on my worship music mm-hmm. and said immediately for me when I was, and again, this is just the technique that I use. I'm sharing my story was me being like, God, like I want to be one with, I'm, I'm not going to identify with all those areas that I come up, that I come up short. You gave me this opportunity in the first place. Right. I don't need this opportunity to be anything. Yeah. I don't need it to go well. I don't need it to go bad. I don't need it to be this. I don't need it to be that. I'm just living open-handed with you. Whatever you want it to be, it will be. Whatever you don't want it to be, it won't be. And I trust that you're going to take me where you, wherever you're going to go. And I'm going to walk with you wherever that, whatever that is. And I'm surrendering. And that's the difference. And that was the big piece, yeah. the big psychological piece. If you're not spiritual, throw that out the window. Listen to this is the surrendering piece. I don't need to do anything about it. I need to surrender to it. Yeah. And that is the other piece of me being surrendered to it of when you release yourself from the expectation that you need to know this, this, that, this, or whatever, if I surrender to it and say, hmm, okay. Like, I'm not judging myself for that. Like, I don't know that. And why do I feel like I need to know that? Yeah. Mm. Why do I have to have this status? Why do I have to be this, mm-hmm. right? Why do, why do all those other things when in reality, 
let me be purely objective. Let's take all my emotional states out of it. If you think about it, right, and you think about it just logically, the emotions get me distracted. When in, and not that the emotions are important. They're red flags, right? They're, they're yeah. the awareness, right? They're going off. Like, look at this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, right? There's something going on here. Great. Yeah. I love that system. But when I go to fix it, I kind of need that to like, all right, I need the other part of my brain yeah. to kick on, right? I need, yeah. I need the logical side to kick on and say, okay, all right. Reality, this is where I'm at. And, and it doesn't matter where I'm at. Yeah. I just need to. Yeah. Surrender it and just, and then, and yeah. then start walking forward and learning and, yeah. and, 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 and not needing myself to be anywhere, but just being in the journey. Yeah. Well, you know? when you're talking about, and this is more spiritual and more of my philosophy is the ego wants to think about what to do. What do I need to do? Yeah. Cause it's about me. Cause it needs me. Yeah. It's, it's the I'm human. In there. Yeah. And I always say that, that the humans that's the human side of us is yeah. saying, I need to think about what to do before I can take a step. Yep. God's saying you got to take the step, son. Take the step. Mm. Take the not step. Not because son. you know. Not, not because, because you. Know. Not because you know where you're going, and but because you trust me. Look, <laughs> if you're, no matter where you're at, I have more yep. of a Christian and now spiritual background. Is yep. that's inside of you? Both those things are inside of you for sure. And why I why I'm big on mindfulness is mm. being present in the moment. Mm. Don't think about what you need to do. Be present and do it. Mm. Or, Human beings are amazing people. All yeah. of us have more people that are talented than others, mm. but we're all great. Yeah. Too many people think about what it takes. To, what does it look like? Mm. You can sit here and make the best plan in the world. You got to go do it. Mm -hmm. God does. Mm. The ego thinks of what to do. Yeah. And where and, are you stuck? And, and I think that's the that, that's a great point. I think that the big piece with that is like the understanding, like like he like uh, Bo, like you mentioned, like. God does, right? Everywhere I come up short, I trust God to fill in the gap. Yep. Everywhere I come up short, I trust that the other the other hitting coach is going to say something in the room mm. or that they're going to have their own experiences or well, also too if he fails that that's all part of the plan too and that's okay and like whatever I mess the hitter up, it's okay. It's it, well, it, you know, Joe, the beautiful thing about it this way is this. Yeah. When you start to view this and understand aware, well, for you, mm. you can start to hear the chirpers. Yeah. And say, oh man, I know exactly where you are. And you're not just your mm. personal development, your spiritual development. And yeah. now it makes sense why you're that way. Mm -hmm. And now it doesn't hurt me as much. Mm -hmm. Where before you have egos fighting egos, that's mm. yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And yeah. to connect the dots, like you made this tweet about, and a part of the thread was uh, not hearing like the bark, but actually the yeah, message. Yeah, the message. Yep. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing too. Like we want to get defensive or, you know, if it's positive reinforcement we want to feel good, right? Ride that wave. Or if it's bad, we want to get defensive. Like that's human nature, but all in all, it's just information. Mm. And that's where, you know, it's a challenge. Like you are going to feed the bad wolf. You are going to feed the good wolf, but recognizing that the feeling that you get is just information. You don't, you mm. don't have to get super defensive mm. and, you know, fire back and, mm. you know, uh, you know, give that reaction or listen to the bark of it, you know, and it happens internally just as much as it happens externally. Like you could yell at me and say something, uh, I'm, you know, I'll hear negative voices in my head and I have to be able to recognize it. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling this way, but ultimately it's just information. So let's use that feedback. And then yeah. how do I, what was the it? message in this? Yeah. And that's yeah. the, like with the feedback, the feedback in there is like, again, like if when I can, when I can remove those things and not to say that we're not going to be human, right? Like those emo the emotions are going to be there, but they're just bringing awareness, mm -hmm. right? Saying, Hey, there's something yeah. here, right? There's something here. And that often often 
super, I had this moment this weekend as well, is often, uh, he said this line, he goes, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Mm. <laughs> and, 100%. Boy, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so when we were talking about it, I was like, wow, like, they, wow, what a, what a powerful, mm-hmm. uh, what a powerful thing. Cause again, usually the thing that's true the most, like when, like we were talking about uh, other things and other things mm-hmm. I'm still processing. So I don't like, you know, not, not there to express it yet, but is certain things is like, boom, stabbed you like, stabbed me like a knife. But I have the other side of awareness where immediately I, I was like, like, fuck you. Like that was like my, like that yeah. was like the response when he, when yeah. he, when he called it out by name. Right. And it's like when the Bible talks about like calling the demon out by name, right. It's like when he called the demon in me out by name, it was like, no. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then immediately yeah. my brain goes, I've trained my brain that dopamine response hits like you're going to grow. Yeah. Like, so immediately right afterwards, it's like, oh, that was it. That's why I had such an emotional response to it because you yeah. called it out. Yeah. And immediately when you called it out. Your ego said, nope, that hurt. No, that hurt. And then I immediately go, gotcha. Like, you yeah. know, like in my head, it's like, soon as I knew it by name and I immediately called it out and it's like, wow. Like then my, my brain, I already know what comes after growth, right? After this awareness always comes the other side of that. And then, mm-hmm. and so then you can train your brain on the other side of that. Like, you know, we talked about like the Jocko Williams, like good thing. Yeah. It's like on the other side, it's like when something happens, when you realize the good that happens on the backside of it, you actually, when the bad things happen, you get a dopamine hit of yeah. like, now I'm starting to look forward to things that I'm not aware of. And I'm looking forward to being wrong yeah. because I know that that means growth, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and you made a good point there. You've trained your mind. Yeah. I don't know. It's a skill set. I, I don't know how yeah. you guys do that. Yeah. But when I spend time with myself for mindfulness, I label every thought that comes in my head. Mm. I'll sit there for 20 minutes. Some days are great. Some days are bad. But when that pops in your head, label it, throw it out, label it, throw it out. Cause a mm. lot of people, Joe, a lot of people don't operate that way. I'm no. just you. Or no. when they do that response time that you're talking about is way longer, is way longer, way longer. Like no. You, and you I need immediately, to train that response. No. And hundred percent. And that's where I was, I was talking about that. It, and that's been a big thing for me over the last year. We went down a rabbit hole, but this is that, that's what I'm jealous. That, that's what happened for jealous. me down the rabbit hole. Uh, I mean, uh, down this uh, last year is that I've started to realize and respect the work that I have done with my brain, where these things are now subconscious, yeah. where I can just do them quick, and then they became so subconscious that I stopped appreciating them. And yeah. then when I started seeing them, uh, awareness of like other people that couldn't turn that turnaround time, yeah. it's just like a hitter in the box when he makes an adjustment. How quickly he makes that adjustment, you're like, wow. Well, and then you have a, you how have, amazing. You have appreciation of what it takes. And yeah. now you have empathy. For sure. Because now you can understand why other people aren't that way. For sure. Where when you take it for granted, it's like great movers. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes the best movers aren't the best coaches. Yeah. Because they don't understand and appreciate what, what they doing. did well. Exactly. Same with the mindset. No. There's no. so many people that yeah. automatically just assume. And now you have all these people that are kind of looking at them like, you don't, I know you understand, but you don't understand mm-hmm. how gifted you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, and, and. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was no. gonna say, and, and once that that happens, and obviously we all still work through it every day. Uh, I feel super blessed at the age I am uh, to experience that with like my coach last year. Is uh, the people that tell you what you need to hear, but not necessarily want to hear, uh, are super valuable. Like that's something that yeah. I, you know I I told people um, why I have so much respect for you, and like uh, my coach last year, Coach Chimbersky, is you guys ne- didn't necessarily tell me what I wanted to hear all the time. You know, it's like, you'd be like, mm, no, you're wrong. And like, here's why mm-hmm. and like, that I respected that too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, it was a process initially. It was like, well, I don't want to hear I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Like, like you said, yeah. it, it's going to piss you off first. Yeah. Uh, but then once you get a little taste of that and then you're like, oh crap, mm-hmm. that's where real growth happens. When these people yeah. care about you enough mm-hmm. and you can process it in a way that you don't get super yeah. defensive, close off, accept yeah. it. You don't know. Yeah. And then grow from it. And, and, yeah. and this was the big piece. Like, again, it just happened with, um, you know, again, when I was the other day, when I was talking with this major league hitting coach and we disagreed on something and we disagreed on something and I immediately, again, saw the growth, obviously like that and the work that I have done where when we disagreed on a concept, I'm like, I looked at him and he's like, well, we'll look at it later. We'll look at it later and we're going to do these things and we're going to kind of go through stuff. And I said, I looked up and I said, I'm, I hope I'm wrong because then I learned something. Mm. Mm-hmm. which is a different mindset right before you're like defending your side so hard. Like I'm like, no, no, no. Show me from right? somebody that's known you. That's yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I literally looked, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, I hope I'm wrong because it doesn't yeah. happen as often anymore mm. with hitting where I'm wrong as much. Yeah. Right. I've, I've gone, I've, I've been so wrong early. Mm-hmm. Right. That don't be wrong. There's plenty of things I'm wrong about. But when we go into these certain situations, a lot of times I love these moments where I get to have these really in-depth conversations with guys that really know hitting and know it to a different depth. Like it's like that uh, Neil deGrasse line that I always tell you that I love, right? Is that um, the real challenge in life is that we know enough to think that we're right, but not enough to know that we're wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I love that quote is the same thing too, is like, of course, like I think I'm right because I don't know enough information yeah. further than what I currently know to know that I'm wrong. No, and that's wrong. why every five years later on, I'm like, oh, I was wrong with this. I was wrong yeah. with this. But I need to be in line with someone that can challenge me with more information or different information than I currently have mm-hmm. so that I can check that. Because again, just like that uh, Albert Einstein quote, but it's a psychology thing, is that I can't solve the problem with the same mind that created the problem. Yeah. So if I'm thinking in the same ways with the same perspective, with the same echo chamber that I'm currently in, I'm never going to think that I'm wrong because I don't have enough information to challenge the original yeah. idea. Mm. Living you know? in a vacuum. Exactly. So I need to get to these other, I need to get these other places where I had those guys where they, yeah. uh, where they, uh, and I love, that's why I love having those conversations. Cause we get to sharpen each other where yeah. he could be wrong or I could be wrong, but like my mind immediately going to my identity is not being and being right. Yeah. Mm. Right. The good thing is yeah. the mindset there is the good thing is one of us is right. Yeah. And I'm going to learn for sure. Or I helped you learn something. Yeah. Either, either, the ego. either you're going to, either it's going to affirm, it's either going to affirm what I I've seen and what I thought to be right. Yeah. Right. Which is good for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I'm going to be wrong and you're going to show me the truth behind this other thing that I thought to be true. Yep. And I'm going to learn, mm. which is, good <laughs> so either way this is good the the us disagreeing and again we had we had a good like disagreement about it right and we were like playful with each other while yeah. we we're being like no way man that would mean this and that would mean this and that yeah. da, 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 da. and we disagree with things and then i'm like cool so then anyways so like i think with that this all started with another side of that is like, like i hope that you pulled like at that as a coach right is in that same mindset right that if you can train yourself on the other end, and one of the things I think is an, an important uh, adaptation uh, mentally is that, that to remind yourself in these situations, and maybe you need to write down like a book, like, okay, when somebody disagrees with me, these are the three things I need to remind myself of, right? And maybe in the beginning, it happens like 20 minutes after you guys had the conversation, and, you know, and then hopefully at some point it happens like it did with me in that one conversation where it's like, bing, bing. Yeah. Like, and then it just happens, right? Immediately, as soon as you, you know, within a couple seconds, yeah. right? But... The one thing is, again, on the other side is like an educated mind, but like a trained mind, 
yeah. right? A trained mind can entertain an idea without accepting it, mm-hmm. right? So if you can walk down that path and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play, play with this. I'm going to assume that you're correct, yeah. right? But not accepting it to be truth and my truth, I'm assuming like I'm going to have you walk me through. And if you can, and if you can walk me through that, mm-hmm. then, you know, we can continue you to have this conversation and like get to that path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's a big piece. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some athletes rolling in there here. Joe. Yeah. Well, you know, it's part of the process. I like well, guys. I like guys that show up early. We'll have to, uh, um, yeah, we might have to do part two on this one because I think we could go for another oh, couple yeah. hours on this probably. Yeah. Clo- cool. Closing, closing thought for me before I yeah. skedaddle is that the, I've been reading a book called be more wrong. And just connecting the dots with the situation you just had, uh, the very first line of the book was um, knowledge talks or knowledge speaks and wisdom listens. Mm. And so that really kind of connected that mm. dot with me because you could have like easily that. just kept talking about why mm. you were right there. Mm. Um, but to really understand why you were right or wrong and mm. actually get you know, closure on that yeah. or continue that conversation and learn, you really had to listen to his side. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, that was just a really interesting, like first like line of the book. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's going to be a good book. <laughs> yeah. No. And it's also, it's also big to, I think one thing to understand there as well is like, okay, well that's not the end of the process for me as well. Right. Okay. I did it in that one situation. How often do I do it? 100%. Right. Do I do that it's in every practice. situation? Is it exactly, is it who I am now? Right. It's it, anybody can do it once. It's like the guy that can well, get a hit, you know, one time off of Scherzer. Like, that's great. You did it once. Right. But like yeah. the, the, the further along with that. And again, it doesn't happen with that. I didn't get to that place by trying. Yeah. Right. That I'm not having to solve it and work on the skill. Like, you know, like, okay, let me go do these things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more so first is it's, I was like surrendering, surrendering the need to be right. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, well first, and then you have to root that back. Right. Like, why do I need to be right? Yeah. Where is that coming from? You know, blah, blah, blah. Why do I feel like I need to be affirmed? Why about, and then you, and you, you know, then you go into yeah. the psychological things, well, but, well, well, yeah. but again, with that though, I think a big piece of that though, is I think where people get lost in that psychological process is that then they need to understand why they need to be right. Mm-hmm. When in reality, maybe it's not yours to understand why you need to be right. And it's okay. Yeah. I'm just surrendering and saying, you know what? It's, hey, I, I recognize that I need to be right. And yeah. I'm, I'm giving that back to you, God. I don't know. I, 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 I don't want that anymore. It's just like movement. You can band-aid. You can fix the compensations all you want. Mm-hmm. Not getting down to the root. You're just stacking another brick on top of a, a yeah. poor foundation. Yeah. And that's why a psychologist, that's why it's, it's important to find people. If you're really trying to get help, they can help fix the problem. Mm. it's tough the minds mm. i mean how much what we know three percent of the brain yeah but i feel like so many people are walking around with compensations that are just mm. ticking ticking time bombs because nobody really yeah. gets to the root of a lot of problems well and and also too i think one approach that i thought he had interesting as just his spiritual work and him as a psychologist because and you know obviously with you know melissa where her brain's at with a lot of things that he thinks differently than normal psychologists yeah is he challenged it on the other end of that as saying like, yeah, we can go, we can go deep and root that back to where it was, mm-hmm. like where it came from. But also too, that's also another scheme of the ego that it has to be about you. Yeah. And there's something about you that like you need to know all these other things when in reality it could come from 
a billion different places. It could be from your childhood. It could be from your environment. It could be from generational things of it coming back. It could be from, you know, uh, a, a trauma that you had. Okay, cool. And again, not to say that you, we don't need all those things, but yeah. like, can you just recognize that and go, wow, I don't want to be that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And I surrender to that. I don't want to carry that with me anymore. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from and I don't need to know where it came from. Yeah. But what I, what I do is I'd like, I want to hand that over. I would you know? say, uh, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Really individualized, and I think you've yeah. you've done a good job in your growth and your development. Mm. And I think all of us here have. Yeah. Uh, one, I'm obviously it's subjective, but yeah. Um, I think I think you could do that. I think a lot of people would struggle doing that. No, I think I think I think that's the thing is that for real, when it comes when it has come to the surrendering side, surrendering. What is sur- like? I think on the other side is like the deeper thought he challenged me with. He goes. What is, what is surrendering really mean? Well, surrendering, what's the requirement of surrender? Well, it's trust. Trust. Trust, right? And then from a spiritual basis, it's faith, faith. Mm-hmm. right? That the only way that I can truthfully surrender is that I have to have complete trust and complete faith. Because if not, I only surrender as much as I'm willing to surrender. Yeah. Right. And I'll let go of some of it. But then I'm like, and how often again, and this, I'm talking about my own journey. How often do I surrender it? And then I go, Oh, I don't got it. Let me, let me take back the wheel. Let me take back. That was a little bit, that was a little bit too far away from, you know, like I couldn't completely surrender that. Right. Like I, I trusted you, but I I also thought we were going to get in a car accident. So I grabbed the wheel back. Right. Or you're just backseat driving. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, and reality being like, look, Hey, like maybe I do need to get in a car accident. Right. Like, and that's a deeper thought, right? Like maybe, maybe again, also too, like am I trust, is my trust in God only based on him giving me blessings? Meaning is my trust, am I, do I have a prosperity thought that I'm only willing to surrender it if it gets me to a place that I see fit mm-hmm. rather than am I willing to trust and am I willing to have faith for the place that he sees fit yeah. and then reminding myself, well, why do I not trust him for where he sees fit when he's always brought, where he brings me is always better than where I bring me. Mm, yeah. Right. And, and if a guy is batting a thousand, <laughs> yeah. if a guy is batting a thousand, why do I, again, and, and that's not to say, this is not to say that this is always my mind. I have to keep continually doing this because it's like you're exercising that muscle. You're feeding that yep. wolf, right? Yep. Of saying like, I'm feeding the wolf of faith. I'm that's feeding it. the wolf of trust that's of it. saying like, and that's where, for example, and you guys know my uh, personal story, and I and I, I I talked about a little bit about like for my dad that was sickness, mm-hmm. right? Physical sickness to cause surrender, where yeah. you had no option. Where I feel like, again, it's more so sickness of the soul, the heart. Where where you go, where mine yeah. mine has been mine has been personally yeah. as the business has grown. I've had, that has been, that has been the way it was like the only way that we can get to different places with the business is I've had to surrender more Yeah. or it won't, or we can't control it. Right. Like if you want to control everything, keep it small. Right. And then you can have a little bit of control. And even then I I was talking this with Jarrell earlier. I was like, how much control do you really have? Right. Like yeah. the whole building can come down right now. Like everything, everything can be destroyed in one, one split of a second. Could you know, like, tomorrow. Exactly. They so like, on the verge. So, <laughs> so you think you, you, you've now painted this picture of false security yeah. that you trust yourself when it's false. 
It is. It's not true, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't have control. Yeah. Right. So that's like a deeper, you know. That I mean, we're, it's we're, your ego we're, we're getting, protecting yourself. Yeah. This is this is it's really in the deep. I mean, it's a small piece, but something that I've been researching and been learning a lot more about. It takes ten years for cancer to develop. Mm. Ten mm. plus years. The research is now showing. Depending on what you believe spiritually. Mm-hmm. They think a lot of it's a spiritual sickness mm-hmm. or a soul sickness, yeah, that. some yeah, type yeah. of disconnection that, yeah. what causes it that long to develop? Mm-hmm. It's the story you're telling yourself. And mm-hmm. eventually that, that, well, that, and, and, and the thing that's eating you up and yeah. eating you up and eating you up. And, yeah. and a lot of people, it's subconscious. They're unaware. A hundred percent. But it manifests. Yeah. At some point, it's going to tell you because your ego needs to protect itself. At first, it's uncomfortability in here. Yep. And then it's uncomfortability here mm. and down the road. Well, you're sick. Well, and, I, well, and I think the the connection there as well is like, okay, well, how does a spiritual or a, uh, how does a spiritual or, you know, a thought process or whatever you want to call it, mm. right? How does that affect me physically? Well, directly affects me physically because that's how I treat myself. That's how, that's how, you know, um, how I treat my body. That's Mm -hmm. how I treat my mind. That's how I treat, that's how I go about my daily life. That's how I handle situations. That's how I do Like it, it all becomes into physical stress, anxiety, food, health, like physical activity. Like it's yeah, all of those things. You know what I'm saying? Well, who said it? Aristotle, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. You are what you think. Mm -hmm. And now you're going back to chicken or the egg. Do you mm-hmm. think and do the action or does the action influence your thought? Yeah. Which is the I don't perception know. and action. Perception and action. Yeah. But the more I've been learning about these sicknesses, I'm like, mm. I think a lot of that starts with how you think mm. and the story you're telling yourself over time mm-hmm. that's conditioning and that uncomfortability mm-hmm. trying to get you to challenge your, really to change your thought process, in my opinion. No, for sure. And that's where I think it's super important. Uh, that's where I think it's super important of where he was, he gave me this great reminder that the ego always wants control, mm-hmm. right? The ego wants control and to be about me. Yep. Right. Where the opposite is surrender, mm-hmm. opposite of control. Yeah. Right. I have to have no control. Mm-hmm. Right. And it to all be about what we're really here to do. What we're really here is being it's oneness, oneness, unity, all of those things. When in reality, it's again, that's where people talk about the, like why we're attracted to humility and all these things is like it being about all of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And us being one. Yeah. Rather than it being, and the opposite of that is obviously the other things, right? Control and me. Yeah. Right. Have so, you read the book, uh, A New Earth? I think that's the, I have it at the house now. You should read yeah. that. Yeah. I have it at the house I now. think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. I have it at the house. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, along with the other 50 books yeah. on the side of my bed. No, I was going to say, <laughs> I know you, uh, Yeah, I figured you'd had it. That's why I was asking, but yeah. it, it t- touches on a lot of this. Yeah. And so that's, that, that's, that was like some of the things that we, that we, talked about quite a bit. And the main message I got out of that is like, again, like a strength of me being reminded where I have to consciously do it. And my brain applies things like really fast, but like 
even still with that, again, that's also a skill that I've, I've developed, but the other, that's been a great skill where, again, when I get in those situations where I start, as soon as I start feeling those other things then um, uh, and for me, it's different things. Like I've, I've, you can set your own things of what gives you feedback when you're starting to get in the way. Yep. Again, the Bible describes it as the uh, fruit, uh, fruit of the spirit, right? If I'm not feeling joy, peace, understanding, grace, mercy, all the, you know, all these other, you know, kind of uh, fruits is with that, right? Is that yep. when I'm not in that, when I don't see those fruits is those are like indications that um, when I'm not patient, when I'm not kind, when I'm not, you know, like those, these other, these, uh, these, these fruits, and it's not limited to the list that's in my opinion, it's not li- limited to the list that it's, that is there, yep. but when I start, sh- stop showing those, those pieces, those are reminders for me um, that, uh, it brings me awareness that I'm out of sync. Right. And that, um, at some point, you know, it's okay. Wherever I lost, whatever I stepped off the course and I stepped a couple of steps this way and I started trying to take the wheel again and I'm going to keep continuing to try to take the wheel for the rest of my life. Right. But how often can I get back on? Right. And the best, like, just like the best hitters, how often can I make that? How quickly can I make that adjustment? How far do I travel off path before I come back to center? Right. And, and, um, he did a great analogy is where he told me too, is he said, imagine like, it's like, it's like when you're driving a car, right? You make it's some astronomical number that when you're driving a car, how many micro adjustments that you make with the steering wheel, Probably a lot. right? A ton, right? Yeah. And that when they do these automated vehicles, they have to teach it to adjust the wheel to keep you straight micro adjustments to keep you running in the straight line. And then I was like, yeah. And, and he's, and I was like, and that's a, a, an interesting, um, analogy because, it's like if, uh, not that I ever text when I'm driving, Bo, um, <laughs> but it's like when you're texting when you're driving, yeah. right? And you are all of a sudden look up and you're like hitting a curve or whatever. And all of a sudden you, tr- you weave to come back, yeah. right? Now you overcorrect, go back the opposite way, steer to come back to like, it's these big overcorrections, right? Yeah. Where in reality, if I can just stay, yeah. you know, just the, you know, sharpen, I want to get, you sharpen the awareness. Yeah. Right here where my awareness is where I can, yeah. I can keep going this way where it's not hundred percent these big yep. jumps back and forth right it's um you're managing it the the feedback quick loop gets quicker and exactly quicker and quicker. exactly and it's just like a hitter within his movements of yeah. understanding like okay look soon as i soon as i start cutting balls like that yeah something's off right it's all awareness can can i adjust before it's really bad yep right can I, can I adjust, can I just get small little things and go, yep. nope, that wasn't it. Nope. That isn't it. I know what it is when it feels like, like these are the things and how I'm sharpening that awareness where I, I'm, I'm staying more the course. That's it. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. It's big. I, I think we should, uh, I think we should do yeah. a part two. To we'll, this do, one. we'll do a part. We'll do a part two. Yeah, for sure. Deepering, deepening, but the whole point is let it go. Let, let it go. Hey, listen, just start singing in your head. Let it, let, go, it go. let it go. Let it go. Let it go. 100%. Surrender it, man. Surrender it and hand it over. Growth happens but, when uh, you surrender it. Well, listen, we're going to give, I'm just, you know, I'm going to give our boys, I'm just going to give our boys the swing catalyst. Those are just our, they just, they're just crushing. I like, I, I really do love that force plate. Yeah. That thing's, that game thing's changer, game man. changer. Seriously. And the camera system, the whole thing. I've had a lot of people reach out about that thing. Yeah. So in any case, from us and our boys over at Swing Catalyst, Until next time, farm system out.